So maybe just our so. TV is not the best TV. Well, we also had it on like a weird default setting. Yeah, it was the kind of setting that Tom Cruise would be mad about. No, it wasn't. Soap we didn't have one. any of those. Yeah. On. Oh no, you're right. No, it was just it was a picture setting. It was. It was like vivid. That's what it was. Yes, the color that's was, was vivid. Bold choice. I don't a general setting. Yeah, I don't know that we, if we picked it or if it was. If we did, we picked it for something very specific. Well, I remember there was a video game on Wii that I on Wii. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> video Wii. game on Wii. Oh. oh no, Luigi! I cannot be bothered to get the princess. <laughs> um, no, there was a video game that I tried to play on the Wii <laughs> that was like you're a mountain climber and you go on all these like little huts near uh-huh. the base of Everest and I couldn't see anything and monsters kept murdering me every time I walked into a dark room because like everything would disappear uh, and then yeah. I realized the brightness was like all the way off on the TV and I think that's maybe when I changed it to vivid so this is my fault yeah I have done that before though video games are sometimes bad about being a little bit too dark and I'm like well I just died and I don't know why I can't see <laughs> the ghost so I can't kill the ghost but it's always our fault for like having the TV calibrated poorly and right. not like you know you could just make the thing better like yeah that's how I feel about like YouTube doesn't have consistent audio settings so you can watch one cool. video right. at, like real quiet and then the next one blows your TV speakers off makes me so mad I love YouTube get on that YouTube Anyway, I think that's enough cold open. (laughs) (laughs) Make believe money. Make believe money. Three fine folks discuss fictional finance. Make believe money. Welcome to Make Believe Money. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan. Dan, what are we talking about? Mission Impossible. Oh man, I don't remember the theme song. Yes, you do. Nailed it as soon as you did it. Well, like my my brain, anytime I think of a theme song, my brain first goes to Indiana Jones. Oh, see, mine always goes to Jurassic Park first. Every time I'm like Mission Impossible. Nope, damn it. Although, I wonder if you could like put like the Jurassic Park theme song on any movie's theme song, what it would do to the movie. Well, Make I love... <laughs> Life Finds a Way. I love a bunch of movies scored by John Williams. And they're all sort of the same. But they are all like... Because he steals from Musically himself. adjacent. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, where like Harry Potter and like a couple of the Avengers and like uh, specifically, I want to say... I want to say the Indiana Jones thing, like all kind of run together. Indiana Jones and Star Wars definitely have some things. Oh if yeah. You yeah. Listen to them. You're like, wait, wait, what? Hold on, what? Yeah, legitimately, I tried to think of the Star Wars theme song, and Indiana Jones came to my head first. <laughs> yeah, I it's not like like it. the songs aren't exactly the same, but there's definitely like parts that, of them in there that if you're listening from one straight to the other, you're like, oh, this is where John Williams went. I need like. 30 more seconds. So oh, I'm going to that. He's also one of those who's like so influential that like a bunch of lesser things like rip from that also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, great. Now like instead of like 30% of everything that I watch having the same score, it's, it's 70%. like 70%. <laughs> I will say, I think he also steals from other composers who oh, were yeah. doing I'm it sure before him. True. I'm yeah. certain. Uh, the whitest kid you know have like a weird John Williams sketch where he just walks around his apartment like composing in his head and it's just him going bum 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's very dumb 
Uh, but Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Not with a score done by John Williams, I don't believe. Actually, don't know. Not the theme song. That one's from the TV show. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't Dan. Know. <laughs> All right, I'm on it. To the Google. <laughs> but I think the score, I think the even the theme in the film was like redone for the film. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, like the new doctor who theme where it gets like a spiffy reverb on it. And, mm-hmm. and like, it's pretty cool. I love this movie so much <laughs> that I knew about you, which is why we're doing it. <laughs> this episode is strictly for Liz. If you're not Liz, turn this episode off. <laughs> Stop listening. <laughs> this isn't for you. Get out of my room. Just to tip ratings a little bit. Danny I... Elfman. Oh, oh, that makes sense. That does make sense. Cool. The other John Williams. The other John Williams. <laughs> the other the Tim Burton John Williams. Of, yeah. <laughs> um, to tip your rating a little bit? To tip my rating a little bit. You know, we could you could just do your rating. Or yeah, nothing Nothing to stop us. Go okay. ahead, tip it. Um, tip it all the way over. So before knowing Liz, the only one of these I ever saw was the third one. Oh, <laughs> no. A strange choice you made. Well, I saw the one where Philip Seymour Hoffman's head blows up. That's, That's the, third the third one. one. Yep. Okay. That's the one I, yeah. I saw, and I went, oh, no, this is bad now. <laughs> Not that the second did. one is good. The second one is also bad. I've watched all of them like except for the most recent one. than the third one? Yes. At least it's not not good. There are six now, right? <laughs> yeah. There's five there's or six. There's at least five. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's a six. I think I've the seen... sixth one just came out, like, last fall. Yes. There was one that just came out, but I couldn't remember if it was five or six. So with the so there's Mission Impossible one where he um, is getting into the shenanigans. Shenanigans. There's Mission Impossible two where other people get into shenanigans, and it's Tandy Newton is in it. <clears throat> and uh, Mission Impossible three is where Philip Seymour Hoffman's head blows up. Mission Impossible four is where he climbs the Burj Khalifa. Yeah. And then Mission Impossible five, je ne sais pas, and Mission Impossible six. Does it exist? Fallout is the the most recent. Yes, one. there is. There is currently six out. There's Whoa. one, two, three, four, five, and Fallout. Which <laughs> well, four and five have subtitles too. Yes, there's four one, is... two, three. Four is Ghost Protocol. That's right. Five appears to be I don't know. Rogue Nation. Yeah. Oh, and then what's six called? Fallout. Fallout. Oh, Fallout. You just said that. And then there's seven and eight scheduled for 2021 and 2022. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you know that shooting them concurrently? Why would they be so close? Like, yeah, it does seem probably. Honestly, Tom Cruise is kind of a nutcase in more ways than one. (laughs) Like they've had the same group of people in them for like uh, what, like ten years now. So like, Mm -hmm. well, plus a Simon Pegg here and there. Well, he's been in all of them since I I started. He was in three. Oh, he was in three. Uh Okay, I think he was in three. Pretty sure. I don't know. Three wasn't very good. I don't remember much about it except that like. They fridge his wife. There you go. Which is rude. It is kind of rude. You know? A man works so hard for a wife. <laughs> Simon Pegg is in three. Okay. Yeah, That's so he's Benji. been in... Benji? What a name. What a cute little name. What a cute little man. Um, I... So what's your rating? <laughs> um, so being as that I've seen two of the, the six... six. Um, uh, it's got me rocking in solid two. But right now. we're only focusing on the first one today, right? Yeah. So, what's your Mission Impossible rating, and what's your Mission Impossible one rating? How about that? Yeah, your mission, your missions impossible versus your Mission Impossible. <laughs> oh, Correct. I would say two and four then, because like missions I, and mission respectively. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just because I 
definitely like I didn't retain a bunch of the third one, being that it was a, a third very bad film. A, a bad film and also the third in the series that I had no context for otherwise. Fair. Um that one wasn't directed by Brad Bird. No, that one was JJ Abrams. Oh, I'm that, pretty that explains a lot. Yeah. Um <laughs> Bird only did the the fourth one. Okay. Yeah. Wait, I thought he did um No. Oh. Well the fourth one's very good. I believe it. Um Basically, because it sounds like it's just made by two like egomaniacs, like yeah, which is so fun to watch. <laughs> who luckily agreed with each other, right? Um, which is why I like the Fast and Furious movies are so fun. I haven't watched any of them, but I assume they're very fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> they look great. <laughs> but I've seen the first one. Like uh, I watched the first one with Liz, and then I, of course, it's one of those that like by osmos, like cultural osmosis, like. You've seen... I've seen... Parody enough. times. Um, it's just like I finally saw like the whole thing like organized together. Yeah. So four for the mission, two for the missions. Yes. Cool. I think I'm going to be right there. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe five for the first one. I've seen it a number of times and I watched it recently for this, but it's the one worth watching in my opinion. Uh, I'm not sure I've ever seen anything past... Four. I'm not sure I've seen five or six. To I be, think yeah. because I watched two and three and went, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Very sad. Four was good, but I was like... <laughs> two and three set you up for like, ooh, this might be dead now. Here's the thing. I hit four, and I liked it, and I think I was like, cool. Go out on a high. <laughs> That's like, enough, Tom just, Cruise. <laughs> just be done from here until infinity. Well, yeah. I think somehow they managed to make like a buttload of money, but also like come and go very quickly. Yeah, like, the, they were like big blockbusters when they happened, but they didn't mean a lot. And it was yeah. just like, especially two was in the time when like Tom Cruise could do no wrong. I don't know. Everyone right. you talk to about Ghost Protocol talks like it's like a like a spiritual event in their lives. Which like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody really likes Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he was great and everything. But like, no, in four, in four, yeah. you said oh, yeah, Ghost, Ghost Protocol, Protocol is four. four? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. Ghost Protocol's fucking cool because he runs across the That's a really edge of the Burj Khalifa. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't think it was a spiritual moment in my life, but it is like like nail bitey. Did you watch it in a theater? <clears throat> no, I, I saw it at home. I think that's the difference is I think people who saw it in a theater, it was like... Uh, oh, I bet it's like watching um, Free Solo. Probably. You're like, did Tom Cruise die filming this? Who could be sure? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I... So you've seen Five and Six? I have no. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to ask if I should go see five and six, but uh-huh. I would watch them. As far as I'm concerned, I will watch one and four probably more times in my life. Very fair. End of the amount of missions impossible missions impossibles that I will see. Oh man. Uh, also, this is one of those series is 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 <laughs> that um, <laughs> you know <laughs> they don't all need to be the same name. If no. you released all these movies just as Tom Cruise movies in no related way, I don't think that you would lose anything. No, I mean, it's fun that they're all the same actors, but it's not like any of them have a consistent, like, storyline that you need to follow. Like, Tom Cruise has a romantic partner in one movie and then not in the next one, and it's not because they died. It's just, like, he just doesn't, and, like... And it's not a criticism. I mean, I like Bond films, and they do that, where there's, like, almost no stringing together. A little bit more in the recent ones, but, like, you get the idea. But, like, call it anything and be like, this is in the Mission Impossible universe. Don't worry about the rest of but it. that's what I was saying. Like when I was like, I will watch one and four. I was like, 
Yeah, and that's not a crazy thing because no. if you just drop two and three entirely, it you miss nothing. nothing. Yeah, and two is like super unrelated. I have very little remembrance of the plot of that except that he's trying to rescue a semi kidnapped Andy Newton from uh, what's his face, Duggar E. Scott's like weird California hideout house. And that's all I remember about that. And then he gets his mission on a pair of sunglasses and like, like CSI Miami throws them <laughs> <laughs> and they explode. And that's the mission impossible title. Anyway, I know a lot about these movies. So what's your rating? Uh, mission impossible. I would have to give myself. So it's been a little while since I've watched it. So because of that, I'm going to give myself an 8.5. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Uh, the mission's impossible. Uh, probably like a four or a five. Because um, I've seen I've seen one through four. I haven't seen five and six. I, if they were on, I wouldn't turn them off. Um, but like teen, preteen and teen Liz was so hardcore into Mission Impossible. I debated like joining. Well, for a little while, I was like, Tom Cruise was in Top Gun. And also, I like Jag. And also, he's like kind of in the military in Mission Impossible. Maybe I should join the military. And then I was like, that's movies. You like movies more than you like the military. Why don't you be an actor? <laughs> and so far, that's worked out, I feel like. Yeah, it's surprising how many people you've <laughs> killed, though, still. Yeah, honestly, most of them were accidents. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of weird, like, weird ways to kill someone, did you hear about that uh, Chef Boyardee can that drove down yes. State Street? <laughs> I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> they, like, shut down the street. <laughs> so the story for those of you guys out there in the world listening to us in the future, right, in the future um, who don't live in Chicago, a couple of days ago from this recording, uh, they shut down downtown State Street because... Um, there was a suspicious item in the middle of the road and it was a chef boy RD can on skateboard wheels <laughs> and like weird wide, like tinker toy axles with a face drawn on it. Uh, and it was like a remote control car, but they didn't know that. And this dingus kid from DePaul or whatever had to do it for a class. And he like set it down in the middle of the road and then walked up to ran up to the top of a, the L platform to like see what it would do. I guess yeah. is the thing I read about it. And I'm like, uh, you dingus <laughs> get you in trouble. What it does is technically a felony. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm like, pretty sure you're well, in he, jail. He now. got a couple of tickets and I was trying to decide if they're going to like be pled down as like a, Hey, this is serious. Or if he's actually going to suffer severe consequences. Yeah. Like you can't decide if those were tickets to make a point or tickets to make a point. I you think know there's I mean? at least like a fine associated with oh, like, the oh, yeah. occupying. But will he go to jail? But like, yeah, yeah. one of them was like, sounded like a going to jail offense. Right. Which I don't know. I'm guessing won't happen. No, because it's got like this little antenna that was sticking out of the back. And when Damon described it to me and he was like, and a thing that looks like a fuse. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> a bomb, you mean? Yeah, it was a bad idea to leave it unattended in a very public place. College students are dinguses. A friend at work and I was like, this is the type of bombs that like the juggalo, like uh, <laughs> like roving bands of marauders will like release in the streets. And, and the, <laughs> the auto cameras won't catch them because they've got juggalo face paint on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in the weird, like, uh, Blade Runner future that we live in now. <laughs> Man, one time I walked into a bomb threat. Don't tell my mom who listens to this Did podcast. Did it hurt? I, that, that felt like a joke, but I don't think it <laughs> no, was. No, I legit, my friend, my roommate and I went to go see a show at the United Center, and we came back, and it was really late. And we walked down to the red line at Lake, I think, and it was totally empty. And 
a train went zooming past us instead of stopping. And we were like, the fuck's up with this? And then from the other end of the platform, this like CTA worker's like, get out of here. You can't be down here. And I was like, why? And they're like, get out. And later we heard that it was like a bomb scare in that there was a cardboard box underneath a bench that on the platform that said, this is not a bomb on it. And they went, seems like if you were trying to get me to think it was. <laughs> I mean, wait, if that's I, what they want us to think. If I Hold had to a leave minute. a cardboard box on the train platform, though, and like <laughs> didn't want it to be disturbed. I'll be back for this I, later. Don't worry. It's not a bomb. It's yeah. just got groceries in it. It just seems like considerate, honestly. <laughs> um, I, as far as I know, it wasn't it wasn't a bomb. <laughs> But I don't know. They don't put those things in newspapers generally yes, unless they true. shut down State Street. Which they did. Which they did. So there's your Chicago news. But so. what didn't make the news today is the fact that there was a fire on the red line. And oh, it yeah. And it made me very late to work. Same. Not very oh. late, but like late enough that I was aggravated. Yeah, same. And more like local Chicago size. Did you guys see that street that like split apart? What? No, yeah. but... Like Look a, at the potholes on my street, and I'll no, show you another no, no. one. Yeah, it's really. It's like, um, it was on Jefferson uh, between Adams and Monroe. Okay. Um, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was like a water main break or something, and the street, like, <gasps> like... Like a pop, like a Jiffy Pop? Uh, kind of, yeah. Whoa. Like a volcano-style, no, like, no, continents-moving <laughs> sort Dante's of in the peak. movies. It was yeah, like that, a, that's what I'm thinking. It, it was like a, a continental rift. It was like oh. two pieces of the street just, like, went in opposite directions all of a sudden. Chicago, get it the fuck together. Yeah. Well, that's, Weird. that's a pothole that they're going to try to ignore yeah. for a very I about long say, time. Put a metal plate over it <laughs> yeah. and solve it in 20 years. There was chum, chum, a chum, tourist chum. that was, like, trying to get, like, a, like a down-the-street, the like, shot of the that's how an alien uh, fell gets... to their death yeah no, seriously no. but like it happened like right in front of them and you just see them like like jump and then like scurry away in the video <laughs> that's very funny one leg goes one way one goes the other and they get torn in half yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like also in the movies. don't look down holes life is movies life is movies life yeah. is movies life is movies but that being said an eight and a half for mission impossible there you go is because liz loved tom cruise so much and Liz loves spies even more. <laughs> Liz was like, get me a shoe phone. <laughs> Do you want to give us the plot to this one then? Sure. Yeah, hit it. Okay. So Mission Impossible is this movie about, uh, they're CIA spies, basically. Um, and they are, uh, <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> uh, so it starts with this like very elaborate mission that you don't really know like what they're going, like they're trying to get until they're already done with the mission. But, um, it's like his team of like five or six people and they're all people from the TV show from the sixties. So like people are like, Oh cool. This is the team. This is our whole thing. And then their one by names. one, they're yeah, played by like modern, like modern day, day actors. actors, except that and I by think, modern day actors, I mean like Emilio Estevez and like and other Jim, people who were famous. Yeah. In yeah. 1991, so the face. Um, and then there's crazy Murdoch and <laughs> Mr. T. <laughs> like wait a minute that could be i don't know i didn't watch the show <laughs> but um they're all doing this like like deep undercover mission and they've all got their parts to play and they like talk about it beforehand but then as the mission's happening slowly one by one they're all betrayed and they all die except for tom cruise's character ethan hunt and he comes back to his uh to their hideout thing and uh he is confronted by the <laughs> The main character from the TV show is played by um, Angelina Jolie's dad. Yeah, John Voight. And uh, he's confronted by his wife, 
who says that like everyone's dead. What could have possibly happened? Um, and Tom Cruise calls his like contact with the, um, the mission and they meet at this, uh, cafe this weird weird aquarium like, cafe yeah, I, that, I was watching this movie for the first time in a while and i was like what is this place it's like a fancy restaurant but the front window is an aquarium it looks like maybe a sushi place you guys yeah. don't remember but aquariums were like huge when we were ki- like just before we were kids really it was a thing they like, just seem so like dank i don't know <laughs> it just seems like a weird place to have that yeah because it's like a very old city full of like like gothic stone and then there's this one like brightly lit aquarium in a place. modern restaurant and i like, imagine that aquarium going to freeze in the winter time. everybody has like a 10 gallon tank aquarium at some point in their lives but like what you don't realize <laughs> mine is had that, like, a turtle in it people who are into like aquariums are like it is a weird niche hobby <laughs> that you spend fortunes on like I feel like Damon's trying I, to tell I you something say, Liz are you no. okay next time I come no. in here there's going to be a wall to wall aquarium there will not be <laughs> no it's just like <laughs> I'm it, afraid of fish <laughs> this is something that I've just like put together like over various like observances like there's an entire like TV show that we watched oh, at yeah. my parents that was like, like Pimp My Aquarium or whatever. Pimp My Aquarium or whatever it was called. <laughs> it was like, it's like some like extreme aquariums and it's no, like no I get it but you it's know? basically Pimp My yeah. Aquarium yeah. I'm into it it's all these like um, real rich people being like, "Hey, can you put an aquarium inside my house?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> There's this... whole companies that do it. And then like these superstars just sit and stare at this little porthole aquarium they have in their stairs, and you're like, "Is this what being a celebrity is like?" Because it seems sad. I don't get it at all because it is like it is literally paying thousands of dollars to put a thing in your house that is kind of constantly in a state of disrepair. Yes. Like, and also the things living in it are in a constant state of danger. Like they're yeah. going to die if you do anything wrong. And also I ha- imagine it really degrades the value of your home. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of water damage. Well, not even the water damage. Just like, Hey, you want to buy a house and also bring with it a huge project that is not optional. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like joy. Putting, putting a boat inside your house yeah, <laughs> and yeah. saying it comes with it. Yeah. In like, the pool oh, that you put inside yeah, your house. But I don't want that. Well, tough shit. Too bad. You can drain you it. You can spend $40,000 to get rid of it or you can drain it and just have a weird two way glass between these two rooms. <laughs> Enjoy. Lord, this used to have fish in it. Now it just holds ghosts. <laughs> also, I enjoy that mm, 80-something episodes in, the most passionate I might have heard Damon on our <laughs> podcast is talking about aquariums. Well, I was talking about this the other day because there's a knife sharpening place downtown, or not downtown, in Andersonville, and I was like, it's next to that weird aquarium store that's a front, and Damon went, no. <laughs> Damon, who thinks everything's a front, was like, no, you that's legit. You only need legit. one big sale a year, and they're in. <laughs> I kind of think that's the case. I think you're not but wrong. But I think that like it was probably... Either a in the real restaurant that they chose to shoot this in, well, or well, I know that I know that it gets destroyed, <laughs> but like um, if it was, woof. <laughs> but it was like I think it was just like something about like the 1980s was like the point at which it became feasible for people to actually like do that in their homes. And so and did it just carry in? Because this was like 1994, this was 96. 96. Yeah. It was 96. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just like it is kind of one of those things that like it's the like technology just got there that like. It was finally a thing that people like. Not that like I think it's like this internal thing that we want to like put fish in our homes, but like <laughs> I've conquered the ocean. <laughs> but I think it's just like the god of the sea belongs to me now. <laughs> it's just like uh, it's a symbol of like t- like 
technological advance and like disposable income. Yes, that just like you're so expensive. It epitomizes the 1980s and 90s. I think. Yeah, no, that's the fair. economy was very good. People were doing dumb shit with money. Yeah. I think it's kind of like waterbeds where people got so involved whether they're thinking about whether they could do a thing, they didn't stop to think about whether they <laughs> yeah. should do you the thing. You get suffocate if you roll over on your stomach. <laughs> Look, <you're laughs> oh, I'm just agreeing to be in bed 10 minutes longer than if I had a normal bed every day. <laughs> you're always going to feel like a turtle. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. But it became feasible to have these aquatic features in our homes <laughs> at a low cost to the, to the like average man. And then uh, everyone just moved on, except that like that like that one percent of one percent of people were like, I still really want an aquarium in my home and or my fancy restaurant. I imagine they also collect VHS tapes. It just seems like of a kind, you know. I I thought they probably collect like the the primo medium of the time. Laserdisc. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of eight tracks. Oh, Betamax. Um. Well, we got about a tenth of the way through the movie. Yeah, this is like not even the turn. Um, but they're in this restaurant, and this uh, is literally the turn. So we haven't gotten there yet. Um, the, it happens at this restaurant, doesn't it? Yes, that's okay. why I'm saying we haven't gotten there yet because we just talked about he's at the restaurant. But he sits down to dinner and he's very sweaty, and the guy across from him is like, "We, this was a a mole hunt. The whole, the whole operation was a mole hunt." And then Tom Cruise repeats that to himself a couple times. He's like, while he's wiping his sweaty head, he goes, "Oh, the whole operation was a mole hunt." The whole operation was a mole hunt. And uh, uh, then the contact guy, his name is Kittredge, goes, now, Ethan, I can see you're very upset. And uh, Tom Cruise goes, Kittredge, you've never seen me very upset. And then he takes out this piece of gum (laughs) 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 that Emilio Estevez gave him. (laughs) And on one side, it's like zebra stripes, because it's like on one side it's green and on the other side it's red. And he mashes them together and throws them at the wall of the aquarium and like the whole restaurant is full of MI5, MI5, Mission Impossible agents. They're not MI5, that's Britain. They're CIA. CIA. Because um, they break into Langley later. Yes. And they, uh, they're they all like, oh no, they know it's an explosive. And it explodes and then Tom Cruise jumps through the aquarium. And then he's on the run and he's got to go get all of his guys together. Well, yeah, specifically because they think he is the mole. Yes. Because he's the only one who lived, yes. they think. And they're like, obviously you're the mole since you survived. And he's like, that seems stupid. Um, but he's got to get his guys together from old times. And together they come up with a plan. So basically... The gist of it is um, someone has stolen the list of undercover agents or is going to. So the, the, the idea is this mole hunt operation, like the CIA knew someone had promised to deliver a list of secret agents to, to someone. Yes. So they set them up a way to do it, to catch the mole. And they think they caught him. Right, but Tom anything. Cruise's idea is, I'm going to tell the person... That oh, they were yes. delivering it to the the person who's originally trying to buy the list of secret agents that they got a fake Job list. Joe three fourteen. Yes, who turned out well, Max. Max, yes. Joe. So the people are Ethan Hunt, mm-hmm. Job, who is the mole who is supposed to deliver what's called the knock list to Max, the ultimate buyer. Yes. So Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt gets in tru- gets in touch with Max and says, "Hey, Job gave you a bad list. I've got a better. I'll one. get you the real list if you deliver me Job." And this is his way to find out who the mole is. Yes. So he can turn them into the CIA and be like, "See, wasn't me. <laughs> wasn't me at all. But I did steal that from you." Yes. Um. So they make a plan to go to Langley and steal the knock list, and this involves 
going through the vents, uh, diehard style, and then down uh, on a rickety rope harness thing so that he can uh, steal the list from this computer in this pressure-sensitive floored room. Um, and this is where that, like, really intense thing where, like, he gets sweaty and he has to, like, catch his own sweat drop while he's, like, floating in the air because they, like, suspect he's there. Um, but he gets it and they uh, go to meet up with Max <clears throat> on a train it's real intense um and max turns out to be vanessa redgrave one of the redgraves um and it by this point he's already figured out that jim is actually the mole and was not dead at all yeah his old uh squad leader who he thought john voight john voight yeah who he thought was killed during the initial mole hunt because it looks like he was stabbed yeah shot shot there's like a whole like blood in his hand thing yeah which is like stage acting 101. You know, you show the audience the blood to let them know how serious it is, and then you pretend to die. That's how it goes. Um, so there's this whole train escapade where there's like uh, everybody's chasing everybody and there's threats with guns. And somehow, I don't remember how, <laughs> the, the French guy from Godzilla, and, <laughs> or that other movie that he's better known for, The Professional. The Professional. <laughs> <laughs> is like chasing him with a helicopter while he's on top of the train. Yes, because the um, French guy is Jim's getaway. Yes. And so he's flying this helicopter because Jim's going to jump onto the helicopter and... After getting the like getting money, the money from Max. Right, and going away. But uh, uh, Tom Cruise, like... The helicopter very stupidly gets flown into a tunnel and then all of its like rotors like go zinging off and and Tom Cruise is just like one guy, but somehow he's fine. He's like plastered against the back, the ass end of the train as the helicopter comes like rotating close to him. And then it's just like one little knife point rotor right by his little neck and he's totally fine. and Everything's great. And they uh, all live happily ever after. And the bad guy, the good guys who were on Tom Cruise's team get like cleared of all the bad stuff that they were on the run for because they helped the CIA out, which I don't know is actually how it would go. Um, yeah, really, they committed a terrible crime versus the CIA. Yeah, but they did it so good that the CIA is like, well, I guess we you can trust me. you again. <laughs> yeah. As in all things, if you outwit me, you're you're <laughs> now in my employ. Yeah. So like he like installs like he gives. Max a bad disc or whatever a floppy disc it gives her bad floppy disc and it like they sends... jam her transmission yeah is what it is. so she's... she gets the real list but can't right ever she can't send, send it, it out and so they arrest her before she has the ability to send it anywhere and she's pissed which is cool I see um and then the mm. movie ends with Ethan Hunt being on an airplane getting a, a cassette tape to listen to that's his next mission and then it destructs in the little cassette tape thing and goes like piffed. And then that's the end of the movie. Which is kind of shitty, because he says, I don't want to be in the CIA anymore, but I guess this is a job you just can't quit. Because no. they're like, oh, here's your new mission. Which kind of always felt a little threatening to me. It's very like, threatening. Here's your new mission. Because if you don't take it, we'll kill you. But they say, should you choose to accept? And then they're like, this like will self-destruct. And it's always kind of a dangerous method. Also, on a plane? Like... Don't have yeah. a combustion. A fire tape. on a plane is a very bad idea. Yeah, I mean, we knew that in the nineties. But even then, yeah, like we kind of knew. Right. Although I think he's like offered cigarettes on the plane. I was say, so. We were allowed to smoke on planes <laughs> until the nineties. What are you guys talking about? Yeah, but um, that's how that's how this movie goes, and it's the best. Oh, it's so good. There's so many like weird gadgets and nonsense. Like the ah, oh, it's so good. So how much was the fish tank, Dan? 
Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, no. We're talking about a couple of different things. So Whoa. the original thing that Liz asked me was, uh, how much is the name each name on the knocklist worth after accounting for all the resources the government used to get it back versus the government or the bad guys were willing to spend for it? I have some thoughts on that, but then I have another thing that occurred to me that we'll go into. Okay, okay. I'm excited. All right. Man, I so, love this movie. I want to go watch this movie. <laughs> uh, you can watch this movie yeah, anytime I'm gonna you watch want. This movie. Um, so basically, the names on this list, I couldn't come up with like because I don't know how many names there are. They don't tell you, so no, like yeah. I don't know how like how much the names are per se. Mm-hmm. But here's what I can tell you: the government. So Max is willing to give him ten thousand or ten million. Excuse me, ten million dollars. For the whole knock list. Okay. Which, by the way, I don't want to get into this too much, but it's our old friend. He wants mm. it in uh, U.S. Treasury certificates in bearer form with the coupons attached, which we've talked enough about all those things, I think, to <laughs> roughly remember they what they exist all anymore. are. They didn't. They didn't. Although okay. there could be some that were issued pre this that still existed, right? Because okay. you could have, like, had a 30-year one issued in the 80s that still existed. Does that make sense? But yeah. It seems like a hassle to get a hold of. As we've discovered, these did not exist and this shouldn't be doable. So we'll just throw that out there there. (laughs) But if you remember, bearer ones are the ones you just walk around with and anybody who has it. That they're basically cash. Right. Yeah. I imagine they were a big MacGuffin in the TV show. I don't know. Oh, that's very possible given the timing. Yeah. I don't think the TV show was as well put together as the film. No, but I think like there's... I think that is just like a spy... Trope thing. Yeah, give like, it to me in, in, in whatever untraceable. Bills. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, I mean, that's why we've talked about bearer bonds on this show so much is because it's something writers just go to say, like, this is what they'd want to get paid in. Like, yeah. we don't need to know if they were still existing in this time period. Right. They just can't be tracked this way. This yes. is how it, it, we're good. Yeah. If you remember but, coupon, so coupon payments, uh, I think we've talked about this. This is the name for interest payments on bonds because back in the day, you literally would clip off a part of the bond and mail it into the government to get your interest payment, <laughs> like a coupon. And they'd send you back the decoder ring yes, to tell you exactly. to buy more Ovaltine. But only if you, <laughs> only if you had enough of it. Yeah. But anyway, so she's she, Max, is willing to pay $10 million for the knock list. Okay. Um, which, by the way, I don't want to ruin this movie for you, Liz, but I will say they <laughs> arrest fine. him at one point. <laughs> Uh, because they're like, hey, your family's farm was like in financial dire straits, and now they have $120,000 in the bank. The CIA is dumb. Yeah. If they think that he would betray this for $120,000 when the going rate is $10 million. Yeah. First of all, they like... Like, that looks like someone's trying to set him up for it. And honestly, like, the whole way that the that the mission went down, like, if they didn't think that he was being set up just from that, like, it's stupid. Because everybody's murdered in this horribly violent way. No one touches Tom Cruise. Like, there's not even the semblance of, like, something's gonna happen to him. He's just fine. Like... A lot of other people get murdered around him. Mm-hmm. And like for them to be like, wow, oh, we caught you. You thought you were so clever. Like, not really. He's bad at being a mole. Also, they reach, <laughs> he reaches out to them and just shows up at this restaurant. Yeah, why like, would you call? <laughs> wouldn't he just be in the wind? I don't know. Yeah, you'd be like, I also died. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, everyone died. Based on what I know about actual spies, though, is that like you are either like very good at what you do or you are very bad at what you do. That's like, fair. Like the informant, <clears throat> right? That movie with Matt Damon. I was thinking of like, uh, oh, Mr. Bean. <laughs> well, actually, I was in my head. I was kind of thinking about uh, Saruman, uh, Christopher Lee. Oh, oh yeah. Like, 
Wait. Chris really did some shit. Yes. Like, yeah. I cannot wait for those things to be decoded yeah. or those <laughs> right? to be declassified. I think we only have like it's like ten seven years, more I think. years or yeah. something like that. Oh, I'll be alive for that. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, yeah. let's not get too optimistic. None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. A lot of it's going to be blotted out still, Dan, I imagine. I hope I live to be 37. <laughs> yeah, me too, but I don't know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. I like to think 37's a given, but I guess you're right. Well, I, I have to go put my like affairs in order. I was honestly guaranteed there's a British government there to like declassify them. So, Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> fair, fair too. Okay, well. Um, uh, so, Christopher Lee's a good spy. Right. But... And, like, I know there's a bunch of bad spies who, like, got... Like the real dinguses got caught going back and forth between America and Russia in the fifties and like stuff. Or like even but people who like thought that they were spies and certainly weren't like Elvis. The further I get into this, the more I am realizing I'm only thinking of characters from the Americans. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah. Like that guy, you yeah. bad spy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes. So it's 10 million from the bad guy side. They're willing to pay 10 million mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, from the good guy side, what they're willing to do to protect it. Uh, well, I looked at the average to build a bank, uh, because they put vaults in, right? Um, and it averages about $440 per square foot, give or take, to build a bank building. That's expensive. Okay. Um, the Langley is 2,500,000 square feet. Holy shit. Um... (laughs) Which means it would cost one point one billion dollars to build to build another Langley to build another Langley, okay. Uh, at the same cost of banks, which seems about right because some of that space won't be security and some of it will. And so. Some of it'll be like higher versus like the entryway with all the magazines. Right. Uh, so they put a lot more money than ten million into defending this thing, especially since this seems to be the room, yeah, like the most defended room in this place. I can't even imagine what a security system. And I didn't. I tried, but. Not that long because it's impossible to find. Like, what a security system say, that has, like... If it exists, pressure, who would tell you? <laughs> yeah, pressure plates and temperature gauge. I mean, I'm sure it exists. Yeah. I am 100% certain it exists somewhere. I don't imagine this type of thing that, like, specs are found online, though. Yes, no. so. but it didn't seem... There was no, like, Mr. Handyman will put it in for you for this much <laughs> per or whatever, so... That's right. When they built Langley, they had, like, one guy do half of it, and then they killed him, and then they had another guy come in and finish it, so no right. one knew the whole plan. They killed that guy, too. Yeah. You really just let the one guy finish it and then kill him. But Which like, is why there's a three-foot gap between the two different parts of Langley that nobody for, they forgot to connect. <laughs> oh, shit. Right through the middle, they went, oh, we had this guy start three feet too far that way. Son of a bitch. Yeah, it doesn't bother anybody till it rains. <laughs> it's a real problem. Uh, that's how you get ants. <laughs> <laughs> By not finishing your... Leaving it exposed to the elements. Okay, okay, so uh, very expensive. Yes, but <laughs> that honestly, then I started thinking about this. Go on. And this is where I got, wait a second. So, okay. <laughs> uh, John Voigt. Yeah. His original plan here, right? Originally, he gets offered $6 because for some reason, Max only wants the agents from Eastern Europe. So... Not the whole thing. Sure. I'm not entirely sure why. She's like, because the because if, if it's you one start small, yeah. But if it's one file, why would you just be like, yeah, find them all? Could but you then sort like, if them you could, yeah, if you could delete like rows a hundred through beyond, I really like, only well, need remember, the first. It's 80. gotta fit on a floppy disk. That's so. true. They can only have about six rows. <laughs> right. There's not so much, you know. Like, how many floppies can one woman carry? Exactly. <laughs> 
So here's the deal. She is promising him $6 million mm-hmm. for Eastern Europe. This is the original conditions under which he takes this job. Um, so if you get $6 million today mm-hmm. and you wanted to retire... Tomorrow? And you, well, yes. <laughs> and you're using what's called the 4% rule, which I think is what we've talked about, is the amount you can generally draw from a portfolio, give or take, three to three to five, and have enough to last you a... A normal retirement. I won't say your whole life, depending on your age, but he seems to be in his 60s, so, like, probably a normal retirement, right? And that man's so sweaty and full of liquor, it's probably not that long. Yeah, he's about to say, you honestly <laughs> don't have to worry about that long. <laughs> that well, we was get... 20 years ago, yeah. so that's true. How did, I don't know. <clears throat> Nobody cares how he's doing now. I think he's, like, a virulent asshole on the internet now. Oh, really? Yeah. That doesn't shock me. Right. And he keeps being like, it, why but... won't my daughter talk to me? And Angelina Jolie's like, I don't have a father. What are you talking about? Yeah. Sick. Anywho, <laughs> that would get you two hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. That's, that's six million at pretty chill. Yeah, I mean that's a good life, especially that's I mean that's ninety six, right? Which yeah. is yeah. almost four hundred thousand dollars in today's money Holy for fuck. ostensibly a like a public employee, technically. Right, like <laughs> that government employee's never seen that much money. Ooh, well, so. but here's the thing. This is where I want to. This is where I want to go with this. Uh huh. He says he makes $62,000 a year. They talk about that. Like, he has the classic villain grumble, grumble, grumble. Like, they're paying me sixty two grand a year to, like, defend the country against all... Whatever, whatever, right? Um, <laughs> I'm getting travel, too old for this shit. You know? Yeah. I mean, in theory, you have you no expenses. You get to see expenses. the world. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are you doing with all that money, Jim? Drinking it down. Go, interest, go, go to interesting places, meet interesting people, and kill them. The Drake Hotel, Chicago. Yep. They stamped the Bible, didn't they? Those <sighs> damn Gideons. Those damn Gideons. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. I love the stupid movie. <laughs> Anywho. Why did you take that Bible? <laughs> yeah, Bibles are everywhere. Literally any other Bible. Um, <laughs> there's literally whole Bible stores, which yeah. also seem like a front to me. Uh, yeah, because like, what, how... Cause That's another you... thing that people get really into and they sink a lot of money. That's in. fair. That's because fair. like, so... once you buy one, why do you need more? They don't change it. It's the same Bible. I guess they the, do change it. You could have like a sick kids translation. Yeah, they have the hip ones now yeah. where they're yeah. like, what Jesus meant to say, turns <laughs> his hat on backwards <laughs> and sits backwards on his chair. <laughs> He's like, hey kids, flips. let's rap. <laughs> let's rap. Gays aren't cool. That's what I say. <laughs> We're like, I don't think that's what Jesus said. I love said. God in a major way. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Jesus. <laughs> Man. Anywho. <laughs> so if he had made, and this is a little bit, of assumptions, I'll give you that. But if he had made sixty-two thousand his whole career, uh-huh. and he saved ten percent of it for, I think I have him working for, uh, I have him forty-one years, and there's a reason for that. Um, but assuming he got out of college at twenty-two and he's now in his early sixties, he'd have a little over a million dollars saved. Yeah, what the fuck? Plus, uh, the current government pension is like eighty percent of your salary. If you worked there 41 years, which is why I picked that number. Okay. Okay. Which is another $50,000 a year. So if you use the 4% rule plus that 50 grand, you're looking at about $94,000. So which, don't get me wrong, is no 240. Sure, 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 sure. Right? I get that. But are you really willing to kill three people... Who presumably you're very close to. You've been friends with for a long time. And then live on the run for the rest of your life for an extra like hundred and fifty grand a year in retirement. Like 
I'm trying I to think that. about how many friends of mine I would kill. And I get that. Well, there's at least one in the room, but... Um, Damon's dead. <laughs> and I get that for, like, if you were going to make... Well, to be clear, I get it. I don't endorse it and would not do it. I want that very No clear. murder allowed. Official statement of like make believe money. Make 10 grand a year, and now you get to make, like, 150. Mm-hmm. But marginally... You could find a place in the country where you can live today, much less in the 90s, a very comfortable living on $100,000 a year. Sounds great. But for an extra 150, your plan is to kill three people who ostensibly you love very much and then live on the lamb? And also his wife, wasn't his plan to kill his wife too? He does, so I assume oh, so. Oh yeah, she does. She's got a weird bird face. It's fine. Yeah, but like <laughs> considering she's like in her late 20s yeah, and he's in Yeah, she's a little 60s, baby girl. <laughs> Like, he did pretty good. Yeah, he was fine. So take your hundred grand and go live with your disproportionately attractive and young wife somewhere. Oh, I just don't understand why. So my question is, why just frame Ethan Hunt instead of also murder him too then? And frame him and then murder him? Frame him posthumously? Yeah, so that he can't. He can't defend himself. He can't hunt you down and murder you back. Yeah. Like, yeah. For someone who's supposedly like, because he's taught <laughs> Ethan Hunt everything he knows. So for somebody who's like supposedly planning the most ingenious top secret ops in the world, this was not the greatest plan. No. No. I think this happens with a lot of like spy movies where you're like, what a clever twist. And then you like think about it. And you're like, why did any of that happen in the first place? That was stupid. Just murder the guy to start. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I think it almost be, would be more compelling if he somehow, like, frames the whole team for it and just, like, fakes his own death in some way. Oh, man. Or, like... And then... Well, because it's, like, such a waste of an Emilio Estevez, you know? He gets a weird piece of an elevator that I don't think should exist yeah. right in his face. Yeah. Why does your elevator Why have spikes? <laughs> That's the part of the elevator that punctures this, the roof every time. It's the Charlie and the Great Glass elevator escape puncture. <laughs> he just like looks up and this weird metal arm goes right into his head. And you're like, I don't think that's how elevators work. Also, also, when John Voight quote unquote gets killed, right? So one of the things of this movie that happen a lot is they have these glasses that on the bridge yeah. of them is a camera. So like there's a bunch of scenes of what you see through this camera, right? It's Google Glass. Yeah. Uh, so it's real it, Basically. Cool. <laughs> And when John Voight dies, you see a hand with a gun pointing at him, shooting him. Yeah. <laughs> Which implies that someone reached their arm around the front <laughs> to shoot him. Yeah, because it's just him with a glove on. Right. I mean, so it's, but, like, right, it's him with a gun. So a think about shooting yourself. So now think about what you see. You just see a random arm. If I was going to shoot someone and I was behind them... I think I just put my gun to the back of their head and blow that. Like, yeah. Why is Ethan Hunt not sitting there? Like, wait, why did they shoot him that way? Because either I'm standing in front of you and you should see me through your Google glasses when I shoot you, or yeah. Ethan Hunt should like, see he should, me like, look through up. your glasses, right? Yeah. yeah, he should look at the hand, look at the person, and then die. That's how you do it on stage. Or you should get like executioner style shot in the back of the head, and then your glasses just turn red. <laughs> Right. Which like, As they blow off your face. Yeah, if you just did like a weird finish him thing where you had like, I don't know, like a pig face in your pocket that you could like throw at the glasses. I don't know. There's a better way to do that. You're right. Because it is a little... Either way, like, I just like Ethan Hunt like as a professional spy thinking, yes, someone grabbed him, 
reached their arm around the front of him to shoot him in the thorax a Which, couple like, of times for no reason. Which, like, did not also kill the person reaching around him? Like, yeah. bullets go yeah, through also, people. Yeah, You're Especially putting yourself in blank. more danger. <laughs> That's a dumb murder. Just shoot him in the back of the head. Yeah, or, like, get stabbed and then, like, hold a knife and be like, they ran away. And, yeah, like, they stabbed <laughs> me three times and ran, and now I'm just, like, pulling the knife out. Fine, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Totally no. cool. I think it should be body double in a like car explosion. Well, like, another person is murdered in a car explosion, right. and that would have been a great way for him to just be like, "I'm also dead." But yeah, because no. it's the cars like they're they're all supposed to meet there. Uh, I think so. Right? A couple of people are. Yeah, at least. like it's a because a getaway that's for when her. the wife survives. He's like, "Weren't you in the car?" Yes. And then like one of the themes throughout the movie is, "Was she in on it? Was she not?" Turns out she, she was. was. And then Jim still kills her. Yeah, she's shitty. Did you cool. know they wanted the original guy from the TV show to do yes, the John Boy part? They did. And he was just like, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> I'm far too old. <laughs> and then they were like, fine, we'll just find someone equally old. <laughs> yeah, but who wants to get paid? <laughs> John so anyway, Boy. the money in this movie, I would say, is one, they're not going to the government put a lot of money into pretend, like, <laughs> protecting it. But two, really what I'm trying to get at is John Voight did not ask for enough money. No. If you're going to murder three people and live on the lam forever, you should ask for far more than six million which in presumably you're money, murdering three people you know really well and like some hundred people you've never met but also like, oh yeah work in I the mean, same company as you yeah because they're dead now yeah all those people are dead sorry pals jim jim phelps wanted to live on a nicer farm boy that would suck to just like go in to work and be like by the way we know you're a spy now we're gonna kill you like yeah, what the oh fuck this you is do? a badass day oh god <laughs> this is a bad day First, my coffee was cold. <laughs> they gave me the hazelnut cream, and I asked for the mocha. And my train was late, and I got into the office late. And then also, my are... boss is going to break all my limbs. <laughs> Damn it. They know I'm a spy. <laughs> what a cap on a I bad day. I guess what you do is, if you actually think the knocklist is out there, there has to you just have to just let them... You just basically blow yeah, everyone's like broadcast color, right? Yeah, everywhere. you just... Yeah, you get to all of them as fast as you can and just say, don't... Just bail out. Just, just yeah. get out of the country. Don't well, go into work. Don't anything. They're supposed to... Well, I guess it's different than, like, the Mission Impossible team. Because if you get caught on the Mission Impossible team, they disavow your existence. They're like, we don't know who you are. Well, like, that may still be true for these agents, but I still think you probably find a way to just be like... You gotta throw them a line. Yeah, there's like, gotta be, like, a code 52, y'all. Like, yeah, execute order 66, and like, then they just oh, all, like, shit. disappear. Yeah. Just, like, you just get on the next plane going back to Langley, and you just show up and be like, I don't know what happened, help. but... Yeah. Here we are. Remember that time, who was it? Some government asshole outed that spy lady, and she was like, what do I do now? I'm going to be unemployed or dead. And they're like, oh, well. It was like during George Bush. About. It was like during George Bush's uh, presidency, the second. And he, it was either him or someone in his cabinet just like name dropped this lady who was a spy. And it was a really big to do at the time because like, that's fucking not cool. She's an undercover agent. And then uh, there's a whole thing about how to like protect her because she was uh, very much at risk. Yeah. I wish I could remember her name. Yeah, I missed all of that, I think. I, think I might like, have known I was time, 14, but, too. So I was yeah. going to say, I want to blame Rudy Giuliani, but I don't think it was him. <laughs> <laughs> but we can retroactively yeah, I just blame, him. blame Rudy Giuliani. I think it was, it was someone, it's some asshole. But... Uh, I, that's the thing that like stresses me out the most about like this or like the Americans. What? 
You'll get outed as a spy. Yeah. I'm like, what do I do if someone finds out I've been a spy? This one, right no, out that window. no, 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 <laughs> um, no. But I think about that. Like if you, if you get caught, you're, there's a limited amount of time you can run. Like the Americans, they talk about running all the time. And I'm like, you've got like months once you're start going before someone finds you because before no one was actively looking for you. But now that they know who you are, someone is actively looking for you all the time until they find you and they will find you. Well, I mean, I think that's why if your cover's blown, you go back to your home country where you're can't be extradited. But like in the Americans case, if they like defect from their home country and they don't go with the U S like they're boned, they're they're dead. They're dead boned. Yeah. Dead boned. Um, although I think like in, in the Americans, at least like it is like the end of an era of like, you can kind of, just legitimately disappear like yeah probably you know i would say it is different then than it is now where like people have to actually look for you as opposed to sit behind a computer and still find you in some way yeah i'm a little shocked that anybody can like disappear i mean like a lot of people are murdered and they disappear but like like, if you still live and people do just disappear like yeah they like like go unsolved mysteries like this guy showed up in town one day and then we found out he was this man from the other side of the country like right and like i don't understand how that happened like i think you just have to have like no connections (laughs) or like yeah you kind of have to not matter and all but like one way in order for to totally it. disappear yeah and even that is hard because like i bet you if i put a picture of someone in which is like this man was found with amnesia in our town help me reddit i bet you they find who he is in like an hour yeah well, there was the, there was a guy like that who he like woke up behind a burger king and like had lost this is like, the plot of hello from the magic tavern <laughs> <laughs> No, he like boy uh, that a crossover of that and Memento is the thing I need to see. Oh my god, I'd love uh, that so much. <laughs> um, no, but he woke I up. Say he was King. he was from like the valley in Arizona, and he like woke up behind a a, a Burger King, and like didn't know who he was, didn't know anything about him. Like, was he far away got from in Arizona? Touch with no, he he woke up in Arizona. Oh, okay. I forget where he ultimately. I think he wound up being from Nebraska or something, but oh. like. Uh, it took them like 15 years and eventually like had to like they did like a 23 and me type thing to figure out like who he was. Whoa. So he yeah. like built a new life as this person who had no idea who he was before that. Basically. Yeah. Whoa. Mm. But it was hard too because he like he didn't have like social security number or anything like that. Yeah. Like you basically didn't exist for all intense purposes. Whoa. And they turned him into a spy. Whoa. And now he's the winter soldier. That's right, folks. uh no that's nuts also this is just a quick reminder that if you're a parent you should get your kid a social security card and not try to be a douchebag who keeps them off the grid just to blow this up a little bit like what if he his whole plan was like he was going to live off of like his actual like uh amount of like ultimate like retirement money and then invest the rest of it in like pets.com or something (laughs) what yeah Uh, (laughs) this is near the dot-com bubble what do you mean? So like, <laughs> so, oh, you're springing like, a whole new. He episode. would just continue to live off of his like a, like anticipated like retirement uh, stipend, and then like take the rest. I don't of think you the, can keep collecting one. that if the government no, 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 thinks no, you're like, dead. Just, like, just the value, not the actual money. Like if he already had it, 
Like he takes the first hundred and fifty, like hundred thousand out of. Oh, I see. He I just takes. Don't understand. So he takes dumb, from dumb. this like six million dollars. He takes what would have been his oh, retirement. Oh, I see. So if he had used a hundred thousand for whatever, yeah. the rest of his and life, and then put the other three million into pets, into pets. dot com. Uh, let's see. So let's say he's got thirty years of life. Well, I'm just trying to decide how to do this. Oh, we're just going to do it the old-fashioned well, way. Well, why don't we just take, like, his uh, accumulated... Yeah, so basically, of... he would just have... So this 6 million would continue to grow, let's say 6%. Uh, well, we'll just say 6%. Uh, how long do we want to have him living? Another 30, 30 years? 30 years. Tops, probably. Yeah. Uh, he'd put 140000 away every year because he'd be making... Well, yeah, if, if he was going to instead take out 4% and he only used 100 of it, and it's currently at $6 million. I mean, he'd wind up with, like, $45 million. Whoa. Nice. nice. If he's able to, like, recycle 140 of it yeah. back into his original Except $6 million. Except then he lives in the dot-com bubble. I was going to say, and then he yes, has exactly. no money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, correct, but... Oh, man, the dot-com bubble. We should do an episode about that. That was just like, like a timely purpose. joke. I'm, yeah. No, really. So. Like, what movie What movie involves the dot-com bubble? There's got to be something. Yeah. I'm just thinking. I feel like it's a throwaway line for, like, why a bunch of people are, like, inexplicably rich from, like, 2005. Yeah. In movies. It was like... So come up in Saving Silverman. Yeah, like, I was, like, in the dot-com bubble, and I got out before it burst type of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> That's a cool face. This says the <laughs> the Matrix, but I don't think. I don't think that really no, involves. This is not what I. This, not the what internet does not understand what I'm asking. <laughs> we'll do this research later. It's <laughs> a different kind of dot com bubble, I guess. The bubble he's like living in as a weird fetus person. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to Make Believe Money. Is there anything else? No thoughts. No. no okay. Uh, I've been Liz. I've been Damon. I've been Dan. As always, thanks to our composer Charlie e. Miller for her music. Catch her on Spotify or wherever you listen to your finest music choices. Uh, rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Please leave us a like a nice one. We like to read them. Also, tell a couple of friends who don't know about this podcast about us. Um, we haven't said that in a little while, and it really helps spread the word. Um. Uh. That's it, right? Yeah, you did the oh. thing. Oh, email us. It's been a minute since we've uh, recorded. You can always tell when it's the first one after a little break. Uh, email us your thoughts, feelings, and what movie might involve the dot-com bubble at uh, makebelievemoneypodcast at gmail.com. I almost just said my own email address. <laughs> Cut that shit out. <laughs> like, whoops, bleep, bleep, bleep. Um, and we'll catch you next time on Make Believe Money. Okay, bye. <laughs> Ha 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 